Hello, Locked On Guardians fans. Uh, as you can tell, this is another car-based podcast. Uh, if you missed the explanation earlier in the week, uh, this is actually my second attempt. And before I get into that, I want to remind you and thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen, free and available today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. So the reason for this, there's one of my many patented so's. There's about 40,000 per podcast. If this is your first one, uh, I'm going to apologize for the sound quality. So the, uh, here's the issue. You know, many of you have been with me for a long time. You've been with me since I started this. And I, I, I just want to say right off the top, um, a big thank you. I love the Locked On Guardians listener family. You know, I see so many other hosts who have to deal with a lot of not nice people, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of jerks. That is not this group. This is a kind group of listeners. Uh, when I asked you to go and bury a bad review, you go and you bury it. Uh, many of you have reached out to say, you know, that you're thinking of my family during this time, and I appreciate that. I just haven't had the energy for social media. Uh, when I have downtime, I kind of just want to play a video game and not think. Uh, I, I hope many of you can understand that's not like an immaturity thing. It's just I need an escape. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you are new, again, I'm sorry you're jumping in the middle of drama here. Uh, previously, a few years ago, you know, I did a podcast on the drive back to see my father um, and talk about, you know, my family and my own history in baseball and talk about that and how, you know, my father, you know, he's the man who took me to my first baseball, my first major league baseball game. Uh, Indians versus Mariners. The uh, Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run in his seventh straight game. I think at the time I said I should go look that up. I still haven't done that. Uh, Albert Bell homered, and that would start a trend where, like, my first four, maybe five games I went to, Albert Bell homered. One of those being the infamous Grand Slam walk-off against the Angels. Uh, I believe, like, that first year at Progressive Field, if I am wrong, uh, you know, or as known then, the Jake. But, yeah, you know, it's it, a lot of it started with my dad, and he was 100% where my beginning of statistical knowledge came from, and 100% where my memory came from. Uh, my dad and I had our ups and downs like any dad and son would, and, uh, you know, he would often ask, like, where did that guy play, or, like, oh, what did that guy do before? Uh, and I feel like part of me internalizing so much knowledge statistically and about like there was a time where I could literally tell you uh, specifically when I was very focused on the NFL and the NFL draft, you know, when I would get the Athlon guide and read it cover to cover like five to six times and you think that's a joke, it's not. Uh, when I used to get the Athlon baseball, I would do the same. Like as a kid, as a teenager even, I know that's <laughs> the coolest thing to admit, but I loved that. I mean, I would just sit there and memorize, memorize, memorize. It was... That was, uh, that was for me, you know, those Athlon, Athlon guys, like, you know, whatever the pronunciation is, uh, I, I love those to death. That was, that was big, you know, sporting news, maybe do a draft feature or a baseball one, and I would go in depth. I mean, somewhere I've got, like, my, I've still got, like, old, like, books that were just prospect books. I should, I should try and dig it out. I am in Ohio right now recording, a rare occurrence for this show, but, uh, so the, you know, I've been avoiding the not fun parts. So what's going on? Uh, one, I'm back in Ohio, but I cannot stay with my family who I normally stay with because my sister has COVID. So that's, that's the first hit. And that's why I mentioned, oh, I would love to go get that prospect book and do like a retrospective on it, but I can't. Uh, number two, and more importantly, um, we still don't know what happened with my father, but I think, you know, I talked about this on the show. If you already heard, you can fast forward, but 
you know, I had a bad feeling. He wasn't responding on Christmas Eve. I did a welfare check. He was found unresponsive. Uh, they asked to do some testing during one of the testing, the do a lumbar spike. They bent him over. He had a hard time breathing and his heart stopped, uh, at which point he had to be intubated. Now, uh, he is extubated. That is the good news. You know, I'm going to be very honest and share with the crowd. You've all been so kind to me during this time. And I'm, I've always been pretty honest and straightforward from the beginning. You know, it's, it's a bit of a family thing, even though I have not met many of you through the years. But again, uh, you know, I want to thank people. You know, like, I don't want to name one name and forget another. Eventually, I'll thank everyone in some form. Uh, you know, the last one, I think the most recent one was from Nathan. But like, you know, Aaron, who I've talked about on the show and many, many others. Uh, you know, those were the DMs. Uh, Ryan, who I went to high school with, I saw your message. I'm just not uh, ignoring it uh, right now. It's just been a, a time where I am not good about responding to things. Uh, but yeah, so my father, they took out the tube. He's breathing on his own. Uh, he is, you know, I don't want to, it's his life. I don't want to give too much, but this isn't when I came for the stroke and then the next podcast was joyous because like, my father had a stroke, but the next day he had some minor confusion but could talk and, you know, Chuck was able to check himself out of the nursing home quickly and spent the last two years driving. Uh, this is not that. My father is never going to drive again. My father's never going to live on his own again. Um, that's that's just the truth of this. He's alive. Um, by all everything, it looks like he will be alive. If, you know, I ask him who I am, he knows. If I ask him basic things, he's able to respond. That's where we are. I'm not going to, you know, obviously it, there's not too much more to say, I think, beyond that. But I just wanted to be honest with the listener. You know, I kind of told the harrowing story. I wanted to explain where we are. It's it's better than what I expected. But it is not the ideal. Like, let's be honest. It is not the ideal. Uh, if any listeners are... Uh, <laughs> Are, uh, I'll throw this out there. Uh, maybe not most appropriate, but whatever. If any listeners are uh, uh, attorneys and uh, looking to help someone understand guardianships and or willing to do some pro bono work, I am still trying to get into my father's apartment right now. So that's that's just not here or there. But hey, you know, there's a few hundred people listening to this show. Maybe I got a fan who could help. Uh, but that's just kind of where I am. I'm trying to figure out things I would like to be able to, you know, again help my father as he transitions to uh, the next phase in his recovery by getting the things that he loves the unfortunateness of let me let me throw two things out for you some pieces of advice on this one power of attorney is not as hard to do as you probably think it is and it's totally something you need to do Um, and two have a spare key for wherever your parent specifically if they are living solo live uh, just because no one's gonna ever let you in without that so uh, that is that is my trying to be helpful during darker times. So what's today's show going to be? I promise we're going to get to baseball. Uh, today's show, we're going to continue what I've been doing. This is the extemporaneous look at the Cleveland Indians. We finished off, you know, all the, the positions, all the hitting-based positions, one would say maybe. Uh, we went through and talked about, you know, infield, outfield. We looked at who is likely to be the starters for next year. Who is likely to, you know, be the depth guys? We looked at who, where, or maybe some, maybe some, ugh, maybe some possible upgrades. A sleeper for the position, and then what I think it'll be for in five years. So, we should maybe take the early break here, come back and discuss starting pitching uh, to lead us off because we've got starters and relievers to go. So let's take break one right here. Hey. Built Bar is a product I love. It is a product I use. It is a product I wish I had packed for my trip. 
Uh, it would have been the perfect travel snack. Why? Because it's filling. You're not going to want to have to make those stops. You can make a more direct trip to where you need to go. Uh, it is tasty. It is like having junk food in your car. But it's not junk food. You're getting 17, 18, 19 grams of protein, depending on the bar. And we use the promo code LOCKED15. You say 15%. That's right, LOCKED15. And then that deal gets even better. Because let's say for a long time, I think right now they're doing a whole bunch of sales. You'd have to go check. I've been getting an email that maybe everything is 20% off right now. I can't confirm that. What I can confirm, though, is like items like gingerbread, haven't tried, want to. Paranormal pumpkin, have tried, enjoyed. They're already, you know, I believe 10 to 20% off. Then when you use that promo code LOCKED15, you save another 10 to 15, I'm sorry, you save another 15% on your order. So you're getting to do double the savings on whatever it is that you buy, If well, on those products. So if there's a sale, you can often double dip. And then if you're like me and you're a repeat customer, you start building up those built blocks. Almost every single order now, I get five bucks off just for my built bucks. Plus I can still use my locked on promo code. And I do. That's right. This is a promo code I've used three times so far and will continue to use. Go check out Built Bar for yourself. It is a great product. Remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to help us and help yourself. Starting pitching. So uh, there's been a really fun piece over on The Athletic with Zach. You know, I, I, I say Meisel. Is that correct? Am I wrong? Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter if I got that incorrect. No one's corrected me yet, so I feel like maybe I'm not getting it wrong. But that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, some of you <laughs> have given up on my pronunciation. Uh, so, you know, the, the, why I bring this up is a whole series of articles of like, okay, so a fan proposes a trade, then the writers for both uh, cities comment on, you know, who would make this trade. Uh, it's interesting because Zach Plesak is the most named person in this, by far. He is the guy. Uh, next is either Tristan McKenzie or Nolan Jones. Now, this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Zach Plesak, actually, I think, you know, is not the starter who I necessarily would want to trade. Uh, I think one can make a case that Tristan McKenzie is the first player you should consider trading, uh, and then Aaron Savali second from the rotation. Now, why is that? You might think I'm crazy, and it's fair. But one, with Tristan McKenzie, uh, he probably has the highest value of the three. So if you're looking to make a trade that would make a team, for instance, if you want to try to go get a Brian Reynolds or a Cedric Mullins, the only pitcher who's going to intrigue those teams is Tristan McKenzie. You know, he's young enough and has enough team control. He has the highest ceiling of the group. He is also the most inconsistent that and has the lowest floor. I, you know, he is the biggest risk, but he also is the greatest potential player. Uh, consistency has never uh, been... He's been consistently inconsistent, as we uh, say from time to time, talking about players. Uh, but when he's brilliant, he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, so I think, you know, that's what you consider. And then one, just the general health. Like, I mean, this was a solid year, but uh, remember again that, you know, there has been a long recent history of mistime due to health concerns. Savali, I've talked about many times, uh, he doesn't stay healthy. He has not had a healthy season so far. Uh, some of the peripherals for him are not all that exciting. Uh, he started out really strong and he did not look good when he returned. So maybe that's part of the reason you downgrade that. Uh, but, I mean, he's coming off one of his better years so far. And then also remember, I mean, he was the one they took out of the rotation for the postseason. He was the one that they decided uh, was better off in kind of that secondary role. You know, his I think his value might be higher than Plesak. And the other thing, honestly, is 
when you look at Plesak, uh, you know, he's had, he was brilliant in the strike shortened season. I don't know what to take from it. I don't know exactly what has gone wrong that, you know, we've really torn it apart. I don't think he gets back there. But if there's a remote chance he gets back there, I mean, he would be the number two starter on this team if he could pitch like he did in 2020. Uh, so, you know, when he, he has had the most consistent run of success of the group, of high-level success. But, yeah, people are very quick to want to trade him. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things we're down for him this year. There's a lot of reasons to consider trading him. I'm still of the opinion I don't think they trade a starter. I think that the five guys are the five and that's the way they're going to be. I don't think we're going to see a change there. I think, you know, it's going to be Bieber and then Quantrell, then likely Savale, then likely Plesak, and then McKenzie is your five. I mean, again, Tito's the manager. Your young guy is going to be the last one. Uh, as for the rest of them, you know, we've talked about three-fifths of the rotation. you got to assume Bieber's been going to be healthy. I mean, he has been for his entire career. It was kind of fluky last year. We'll see if he can get closer to the Cy Young season. He was still very good last year, but remember, in fairness, that Cy Young season was a lot of cupcakes. That was a pretty, facing only the Centrals, he got a lot of easy uh, opponents, which could also be, you know, if you're like, yeah, and that's why Plesak was good. I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair if you want to put that assessment out there. Uh, the In terms of Quantrell, ground ball guys, uh, you know, year to year, there can be big shifts and changes uh, depending on where you look. Some people better believe uh, possibility of success than others. I think what he did last year is peak. I, I mean, I would be surprised to find him find another level than that. I mean, that is, in my opinion, a peak level. If, even slight regression is still a very good pitcher. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily an all-star type, but I think he is a good pitcher with a lot of years of team control. Eli Morgan at six, uh, maybe the best control of the group, has that wicked change up, is going to be extremely high uh, home run prone, but it can work. Again, he misses bats thanks to his pitch mix, which gives him kind of a Josh Tomlin-esque ceiling. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, do you feel comfortable with Eli Morgan as your five? I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but as a six, you feel great. The next ones up are, you know, the the Rule 5 guys, Pilkington, uh, Connor Pilkington, I guess I should give first and last name, Tobias Myers and Cody Morris. Morris is probably first up with that group. Uh, when we're discussing, like, who would be, you know, the next wave, he's the closest. Now, he could also be someone we talk about more for the bullpen. Uh, he just has two nasty, really nasty pitches. I think he can work as a starter. Don't, make, don't think that I'm saying something different. All I'm saying is I think potentially... You know, he's a guy where, as a, uh, you know, as a, he could move quickly as a reliever. That's all. Not that, you know, he can't be a starter, not that his future is in the pen, but he has, he has present uh, MLB relief stuff. What his stuff is now could work in the major leagues in a relief role. You know, he needs to work on the third pitch and just a few other things. And honestly, he just needs reps. The guy has been, you know, had some health issues, which also makes one be like, oh, maybe long term relief. But, you know, I, I totally, he's not a guy where I'm like, let's just throw him in the pen and forget about it. But you have that. You have Tobias Myers, who they just acquired. So I would put him a little bit further down because they're going to want to work with him. And unfortunately, they can't do much now uh, with the lockout. And then Connor Pilkington, who they went out and you know, traded Cesar for and clearly liked. And, uh, you know, he's a lefty who's got a really good... Like I said, this is a player who at one point in time in like my preseason mock, preseason big board was like a top 10 player, came from good pitching college, 
Chicago's history with pitching development has not been strong of late. Let's let's go through and be honest. Look at the yeah, Carlos Rondon worked out at like at the last possible moment. You know, a lot of their guys who've come their entire rotation is is outside sourced. Uh, they did fix Lucas Giolito in fairness. That you know, he was a guy who was he was a lesser piece in that trade at the time for Adam Eaton and they got him together and it worked out. So they do some things well. You can't really say that it's all development, but there could be something the Indians might be able to do or figure out with Pilkington. Uh, you know, Peyton Beatonfield has some of those like side peripheral stuff or some numbers and make him look like a like a real steal. Like I think he's gonna come out really high in a lot of projection systems. We'll see. The thing, he needs to be added at the end of the year to the Rule 5, I want to say. But often those guys can be added early. Uh, it's not like teams necessarily have to wait to add a player. But he is a player who could be uh, up. Those are kind of the next four arms. Uh, you know, is Logan T. Allen still count as a sleeper by now? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one of my questions. Uh, if you listen to this podcast for a long time, you know that every single outside expert I had come on and talk mentioned Logan T. Allen as a player they liked more than the field, that he was, you know, uh, a sleeper in the system entering the year. If you listen to me talk, you know that after the draft, I said he was my highest rated player they drafted. I gave him a late first round grade. They got him at the end of the second round. There were doubters for Logan Allen, the younger, and he just, he performed well. Now, he's a long time from needing to be added to the 40 man, but he might be the number two pitching prospect in the system right now. I mean, he might be. One can make a case for it really interesting pitcher he's kind of could be viewed in those next few waves but i feel like unlike the guys who are already on the 40 man or are going to need to be added at the end of the season you know he is a little less likely to uh join the indians organization this year uh who else do we got i guess you know how do you view logan s allen how do you view sam henches how do you view these guys who are still there i think you know you're kind of viewing them as relievers uh or as 40-man fodder who may not be around. Like, Logan Logan Allen, the elder, I don't know if he has any trade value. He might be one of those guys where if they go out and sign someone in free agency or they make a deal and they need to clear space, he feels like one of those guys who could be moved off relatively quickly. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of a, neither here nor there, but someone who's a, you know just to kind of add in with the depth. I don't know if there's, like, a great sleeper as a starter. Um I will tell you, there's not a great outside option. We saw the starting pitching market get picked off very quickly. Picked over, I should say, very quickly. We saw that was, like, got raided. Teams went out. You know, all the names are pretty much gone uh, right now. So I don't think there's a lot of great external options in five years. Okay. So in five years, I think you still got Tristan McKenzie. Uh, I'm going to assume that they've probably lost (laughs) the rest of that rotation in five years. I think everyone's contract would be up. Uh, maybe I'm going to go Quantrell. I'm going to bet Quantrell is the one that they figure out a contract with just because he's a little bit further down the pipe. He's not going to have the eye-popping numbers of some of the other players uh, due to his strikeout rates. They're never going to be all that great. So, And then I'm going to say Logan Allen, the younger, will be in that rotation. I'm going to say Peyton Beatonfield will be in that rotation. So that gives us four starters. Hmm. Do I think it's Pilk? Do I think it's Myers? You know, I'm going to go Cody Morris. I I do think he is potentially, you know, like a high-end reliever. And I know a lot of people are like Daniel Espino. We'll get to that. But I think that is my best guess at a rotation five years from now. That uh, McKenzie, I think, has enough team control. He'd still be here. Uh, Quantrello is the most likely, in my opinion, to sign a contract just due to age 
and you know he doesn't miss a ton of bats he's a ground ball guy and uh then you have the young kids with logan allen the younger and uh cody morris so yeah tell me what you think what do you think about starters uh you know it's still a position of depth relative to the organization and on top of that it is something they still develop well and I mean, they got all those young guys. I mean, one could make a case that in five years, Gavin Williams, I should maybe be considering for that rotation. Should I be talking Tanner Burns for that rotation? Uh, they're going to keep piling them out, and we're going to have to keep, you know, figuring and sorting. But it is an interesting situation for the Indians, and uh, it's still a strength of the, the organization from top to bottom. Even after all their departures and issues, starting pitching is still a massive strength. Let's talk another sponsor, Bet Online. Uh, if you like to gamble, if you want to look at you know odds and lines, it's a part of the game anymore. I mean, come on, Bally Sports Ohio. It's it's owned by, you know, they they got the tie-in now. Everywhere with sports is tied with gambling. And if that is your thing, you want to go to Bet Online with their newly redesigned webpage uh, and check it out for yourself. Remember to use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. doesn't matter your sport. Cricket, uh, Aussie rules, football, that's there. Well, what happens if you don't like sports? Politics. You can bet on that. There are casino games and poker. Anything there is, uh, anything imaginable for you is over at betonline.ag. Check it out. Uh, I have signed up there, and occasionally I give you a lock. And remember, when I give you a lock, so far I am 3-0. and so betonline.ag, you want to go out there and just make that deposit for when my next lock comes on this show. Okay, there's an okay or a so, so we're back. So let's talk relief. Uh, this is arguably uh, one of the biggest needs on the Indians team in general. Just they need, uh, I, I do not feel comfortable with the bullpen heading into next year. Let's, you know, you look at, you got Class A as your closer. Uh, at this point in time, a- Anthony Ghost is setup role. Uh, healthy. You're hoping Nick Sandlin is kind of your eighth inning guy. Uh, hope that James Karinchak can figure it out and be kind of a seventh inning guy, maybe with, with Andy Ghost right now. Uh, after that, uh, how do you feel? Brian Shaw is probably coming back. Let's let's be honest with that. You're uh, Trevor Steffen. They were sure they would have liked to work with and got a little bit more time with in this offseason. Uh, we'll see if that comes together, uh, how long this lockout occurs. He's pretty much locked into a role. Who else is out there? Well, you know, I thought Robert Broom would be the guy, be the best uh, 10th round pick in franchise history. He had a brutal year, was not added to the 40 man. I think Cody Morris, you know, I already mentioned this. He's an option to help sooner rather than later uh, as a pen arm. Now, long term, I still think starter, you want to get most bang for your buck. But there is value with him as a potential reliever, specifically this season. Who else is there prospect wise? Well, you know, when you look at it, it's like Francisco Perez and. Uh, was one of the top guys. He's out. Uh, Nick Miklojak is your top reliever in system. Needs to be added to the 40-man at the end of the year. So he is a candidate to help the team this year. Uh, he has been, you know, kind of barned on their top reliever for the past two years in terms of prospects, unless you wanted to count Class A as a prospect still. Uh, I didn't really. So, yeah, that's kind of your core pieces. What could be out there? I mean, we have discussed so many potential arms and trades. Like, it's always come up in uh, in discussion. There's a lot of guys out there who are kind of interesting. And honestly, I would be looking at guys who have struggled from bad organizations. I would go and look at some, you know, Matt Strom, who the Phillies did not keep. 
I was trying to think of the other guy that uh, San Diego let go, but immediately got signed by Kansas City that we talked about on the podcast. I would be looking at kind of those lesser arms, specifically starters from organizations who do not do a good job of development. Uh, now, Strom, I know, had injury issues, but KC uh, has been better. But when he came up, he was not, that was not a great developmental for pitching. And then he went to San Diego, which is not strong either. And I would be trying to mine those organizations, those ones we know. You know, look and see with the Mets. Maybe you can get Robert Gesselman to get back to where he looked like he was going to be a potential like mid-rotation starter or a really good bullpen arm. Uh, I'd be targeting that. That is what I think. That's how I think you win on the margins if you're a team like the Indians. Uh, you know, relief pet, getting consistent relief is very hard to do. And when it's the open market, it's very expensive. And that is not the way to go. So what do I think sleeper-wise for this team? Does Cody Morris count as a sleeper? Can I throw a name out there? Uh, You know, if they decide to fast-track Lenny Torres, he did not have the year everyone expected, but it's the first year back from Tommy John. Uh, He can move quickly through the system as a reliever. Josh Wolf, if they decide to fast-track him as a reliever, I believe he needs to be added to the 40-man at the end of the year. I could be wrong there. You can correct me. But, I mean, I've thought both those guys are relievers all the way from the start. They could be fast-tracked to be relief help. Ethan Hankins, he's built like a starter, but I feel like his stuff would play up in the pen. He's going to miss all that time with injury. Uh, You know, we probably won't even see him next year, but he could be a guy maybe down the road that makes sense into that transitionary mode. Uh, So the bullpen in five years. Uh, Do they still have Class A? I I feel like probably not. So closer is going to be Daniel Espino. I know, I know. Uh, I, I'm just I I'm convinced he's a reliever. I, it's going to be one of those things. Maybe uh, much like I've had to eat words in the past. I'm trying to think of someone I really blew my evaluation on. Um, you know, I, I, let me know who I blew my evaluation on. I guess I got a short term memory. Where I'm like, no, I was totally. I mean, Ty Freeman to a degree. I, I did not think he would be as successful as he is, but I'm still kind of living with my current view of him. So uh, you know, we'll see if I'm right or wrong there. But bring up someone who I really blew where I was, uh, you know, where I got it wrong, where I thought they were not going to work and they were successful. There's got to be a many an example. I feel like there's a lot more of the other where I was a lot more confident about a guy and then they didn't produce. But I don't feel like uh, I've been as wrong when I, you know, just kind of look at uh, potential failures. So, yeah, let me know where I've, I've gone wrong there. But Espino with the violence of his delivery, unusual delivery, size, maxed out nature, uh, he's more of a two-pitch guy. He really is. I just think he's a reliever. I think he'll be a really good reliever. I think he might be the best reliever in baseball, but I think he's a reliever. Nick Miklojak would be the setup man on that team. Uh, you might still have ghosts here just because of his age. Like, if he performs well enough, he might take, like, a buyout a few years of arbitration uh, type of deal. Uh, again, I think Lenny Torres and Josh Wolf are in the bullpen in five years. Uh, I'm trying to think about... You know, Nick Sandlin would still be in the bullpen in five years. So who's a who's a starter now? Who's a kind of a hotshot starter that I could think? Carlos Vargas. Let's say Carlos Vargas is in the bullpen in five years. Everyone likes his stuff. He has been hurt. He hasn't had a chance as a starter. Let's make Carlos Vargas the sleeper. Uh, with his stuff, transition to the pen, there's a lot of things that make sense there. Again, extemporaneous. There's probably things I missed, probably things I forgot. Uh, I hope you will understand why my mind is a little bit fried over the past few days. I hope you've enjoyed this show. Uh, remember to rate and review, download daily. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen, even when the audio, audio quality isn't what you're used to, even when it's a little bit different than what you're used to. I love the Lockdown Guardians family slash team. 
you fans and listeners are awesome. It's always weird to me when I find out that there are fans. I don't know why. Uh, I guess it shouldn't. But like I had someone be like, oh, yeah, my buddy listens to you all the time. I'm like, really? Wow. I know the thing says we have hundreds of downloads per episode. But I just want to thank you all personally for being uh, uh, so supportive during these times, uh, so nice during these times. You've been uh, a mix of someone I can feel comfortable talking to because, you know, it's anonymous but also just a, a relief and something where I have to focus. I mean, I focus on driving, but my mind can't wander because between driving and talking about the in-depthness of baseball, I've got to focus on something other than my life. So thank you all very much during these times. You know the spiel. And as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.